This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about structured settlements from Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements, helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by Allstate, American General, The Hartford, John Hancock, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Ringler Radio. I'm Larry Cohen, head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations, and we're certainly glad you could join us again today. Well, literally millions of burn injuries are reported every year in the United States, and when an individual is severely burned, they can be left scarred both physically and emotionally, and uh, sadly, some succumb to their injuries. So today on Ringler Radio, we're going to talk about the various types of burn injuries and the litigation that often flows from them. And to do that, we have a special guest, attorney Mark Breakstone, founder and principal at Breakstone White & Gluck in Boston, Massachusetts. Mark has established a reputation as one of the top medical malpractice and personal injury lawyers in New England and has represented seriously injured clients since 1986. So, Mark, welcome to Ringler Radio. Great to be here. Well, thanks. Uh, You know, Mark, let's begin this discussion uh, by talking about some of the various types of burns. Uh, Tell us about, uh, for example, workplace burns. How how, how is that? uh, How do those workplace burns uh, come about? Well, we've seen uh, cases involving uh, workplace burns as a result of defective equipment, Mm -hmm. explosions, exposure to caustic materials, chemical burns, uh, steam burns, uh, and uh, incidents of that nature. And uh, I would assume that some occupations are uh, a little more high risk for workplace burns. What, What are some of those? Typically, uh, individuals who work with and around oil, gas, and other flammables Mm -hmm. are exposed to the greatest risk of workplace burn injuries. Uh, Individuals working with equipment that involve uh, production of heat, steam, flames are also at great risk. Uh, Individuals in the construction industry, sadly, are often exposed to extreme heat and uh, flame and can be uh, uh, injured inadvertently. So Mm -hmm. uh, those tend to be manufacturing, oil and gas, construction are the industries where individuals are at the greatest risk of burn injuries. Well, a little later in the program, we're going to talk about a specific case uh, involving uh, some propane, which uh, you're very familiar with. But but for the moment, Let's talk a little bit about uh, scalding cases with young children. Uh, that seems to be, uh, and, and the elderly as well. I mean, scalding uh, seems to be one of the real problems out there. What's your feeling about that? Well, unfortunately, uh, many burn injuries occur in the home due to uh, the interaction of children with hot, open flames, uh, op- uh, bur- uh, burners, heating elements, ovens, fireplaces, stoves, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had cases where recently a child uh, was standing with his mother at a Starbucks and the, uh, the server tipped a cup of hot coffee over and severely burned the child's chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had children who have 
had cribs placed next to radiators and have rolled over in the cribs and suffered severe burn injuries due to exposure to the hot heating elements. So it's unfortunate that these events occur in the home and can be prevented by simple measures to keep a buffer or a safety zone between the child and the exposure. And you know, and interestingly, we're seeing that also with the other end of life, the elderly, uh, a lot of them, for example, you know, scalding in bathtubs and uh, and uh, just not, you know, yeah. be, be, being in that same condition essentially as some of the young children, uh, not able to really uh, recognize some of the dangers that they're facing right at, at the time they're, they're facing. Yeah, we, we've seen those cases and we've seen a number of cases involving uh, older homes in which the hot water was not properly adjusted and uh, individuals, uh, elderly and young people, have inadvertently uh, came into contact with burning water uh, mm-hmm. in bathtubs. We had a woman who suddenly had a, a, a syncope or a fainting episode and fell into a hot tub of water and was severely burned. And we found that the uh, hot water heater was had not been properly adjusted for 25 years. Well, well how- so simple simple precautions should be and can be taken. That can prevent many of well, these Well, that's injuries. interesting, Mark. I was just going to ask you how preventable are some of these incidents. And uh, and as you inv- involve yourself in litigation, I'm sure one of the outcomes of litigation is to help improve uh, you know, and prevent these kinds of uh, events. What have you, yeah, found, sad- what have you found in, in that realm? Uh, sadly, uh, it sometimes uh, is not until after someone is badly injured that a property owner or a business owner recognizes the risk associated with exposed uh, flame, with exposed uh, hot surfaces, and uh, not until someone is burnt are precautions taken to prevent people from coming into contact. So, uh, for example, radiators that can produce tremendous heat uh, need to have covers placed on them so that body parts cannot come in contact with them. Mm -hmm. And we see that often. Uh, Fireplaces have to be properly protected. Uh, Stove surfaces, uh, unfortunately, you just want to keep kids away from uh, stoves where, uh, particularly with the electric stove where there's no flame produced, uh, we've seen cases where children have been burnt by inadvertently touching uh, the the surfaces of, of a hot stove. And many of these turn out not to be cases, but situations where uh, you know, an injury was not preventable, uh, but hopefully the result is greater uh, caution and care to avoid that type of injury. In the and future. you know, Mark, I just saw uh, an article about uh, glass uh, glass doors on on gas fired fireplaces, where the, the the heat on those doors is so is so intense that uh, you know young children are, are are being burned in the home. It's it's tough to to really monitor all that and. Uh, it's not easy being a parent trying to keep your eye on everything in the house. It really isn't, and it's uh, being in this field is it's almost uh, it, it's it's frightening sometimes to be a parent and have children wandering around the house. And you know there there are simple steps that parents can take to protect their children, but unfortunately there are going to be some exposures that cannot be protected, such as uh, doors on. On a on a fireplace or pipes leading into a radiator or a, mm-hmm. a, a baseboard heating, those are going to be hot. You can, to some extent, protect 
children from burns by uh, encasing exposed uh, devices, but uh, some things are just going to be out there and, uh, you know, subject to uh, exposure. Exactly. Well, Mark, let's talk about a fairly famous case in this part of the country, and that was back in 2003 when uh, the station nightclub in West Warwick, Rhode Island, uh, caught fire, and many, many, many people died. It was a, it was a horrible incident, uh, and it was really as a result, uh, I guess, of, from pyrotechnics uh, within the club uh, when the band was playing. Tell us about the case, uh, the whole concept of entrapment in that situation, and uh, and tell us more about uh, how it all came out with the settlement. Well, uh, as you said, it was the first, fourth uh, worst fire tragedy uh, in U.S. history. Um, it resulted in the death of 100 individuals who were patrons and employees and performers at the club and injured uh, hundreds as well. Uh, the fire was caused by uh, pyrotechnics, which had been set off by the tour manager of the leading uh, or the headlining band, Great White. And the pyrotechnics were floor-based uh, uh, devices that shot sparks up 15 feet. And unfortunately, they ignited flammable sound insulation in the walls surrounding the drummer and the stage. And within 30 seconds, the uh, fire was out of control, and initially the uh, the, the uh, patrons thought it was part of the uh, the performance. Uh, it was a fast-moving fire which engulfed the entire club within five and a half minutes. Mm. Unfortunately, although there were four exits to the club, uh, most of the uh, patrons headed for the. Uh, exit through which they had entered, and that created a stampede that killed a number of individuals who were crushed to death by the stampeding crowds. Uh, in fact, the lead guitarist of Great White, I think, was crushed to death uh, in the stampede. Um, there was uh, a great deal of investigation which showed that this was a profoundly dangerous uh, fire display, uh, fireworks display. As you mentioned, as a result, the state of Rhode Island banned pyrotechnics in this type of setting. The case uh, resulted, uh, there were hundreds of lawsuits, including wrongful death claims uh, by the families and, and uh, loved ones of the hundred who perished, and an, an additional, I think, 150 or 230 uh, personal injury claims for those who survived, uh, and the net uh, recovery by all of the claimants was in the amount of $176 million, uh, and uh, ironically, a, a film crew from WPRI was uh, filming a segment on nightclub safety and videoed and filmed the uh, fire, and in fact, mm. they were a defendant, Clear Channel Communications. Their parent was a defendant in the case because it was found that the uh, while people were trying to escape, the film crew was filming and blocking one of the exits to the club. So claims were brought against uh, the, the foam insulation manufacturer, Home Depot, the sponsor of the event, Anheuser-Busch, 
the club owner, uh, the the uh, clear channel communications, and a number of other uh, uh, individuals and uh, and companies. And uh, it was truly a, a tragic uh, situation, and from which uh, the awareness of the danger of this type of activity uh, was born, and I think. Uh, you know, spread around the country, uh, and, uh, hopefully, you know, prevented others from being injured and, and killed in similar types of, uh, incidents. Well, you, you mentioned that, uh, usually, and unfortunately, it's only after tragedy, uh, that, you know, awareness comes into play, and, and you mentioned Rhode Island passed some legislation. I'm assuming other states have, uh, as well, and, uh, you hope that coming out of tragedy, there, there's, you know, the future is going to be a little bit safer for those who uh, find themselves in those kind of venues again. And so, uh, you know, that's one of it's one of the benefits of of, of litigation. It really brings yeah, these, these issues to the fore. And uh, without that kind of a litigation, a lot of uh, a lot of those entities may not uh, be quite as uh, uh, involved and uh, pay, paying as much attention to what where they should be doing, uh, what what they should be doing rather as they move forward. Let's uh, let's take a quick break right now and come back in a in a couple of minutes with some more with Mark Breakstone. We're going to talk about another uh, important case and how Mark's work is going to, is leading to uh, some other preventable issues on the horizon. Thanks. We'll be right back. This is Ringler Radio. From Ringler Associates, the leader in the structured settlements profession nationwide. Did you know that Ringler is involved in a third of all structured settlement cases in the country? Ringler Associates works with all the parties in a lawsuit settlement to find the best possible financial solution for the people involved. There's a Ringler Associate in all the major cities of the U.S. No one has more experience than a Ringler Associate. Check out our new website at www.ringlerassociates.com for the best information for claimants, legal professionals, and claims personnel, and to find the Ringler Associate nearest you. When it's your interest at stake in a lawsuit settlement, you want only the best financial plan. You can count on Ringler Associates to structure a customized plan that meets the needs of you and your family for the future. Visit RinglerAssociates.com to learn more. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. Glad you could join us. I'm Larry Cohen, your host, and I'm joined today by our special guest, attorney Mark Breakstone, founder and principal at Breakstone White & Gluck in Boston, Massachusetts. Well, Mark, we're talking about burn injuries, and besides the physical pain, uh, what kind of impact do burn injuries have on an individual emotionally? What have you seen in, in the work you've done? Uh, the uh, scars that result from burn injuries have profound uh, emotional effects on, on the individual victims. Uh, sadly, uh, you know, depending on what part of the body the, the scars are, obviously on the face uh, they can have the worst effect uh, I don't mean to make a, uh, any kind of a chauvinist comment, but I think on a woman's face, uh, the effect can be more profound than on a man's face. Mm-hmm. Um, it can also have a functional effect 
because of the loss of elasticity and sensation uh, and ability to sweat and breathe that can be caused by scarring can make life extremely uncomfortable and painful. So uh, beyond the physical pain, there's the emotional suffering of having one's appearance uh, profoundly altered. There's the interference with bodily function that can result from the uh, effects of scarring. And uh, it can really be debilitating and often is. Well, there's no question about that. You know, you know, Mark, when all of these burn incidents arise, uh, especially some of the more complex, complex ones, uh, liability, proving liability is uh, always the key in these cases for you. How difficult is it, you know, we talked about the station uh, fire. How, how difficult is it to pin down liability with all the various potential uh, causation issues and all? It, it, it sounds like it's, it, it's a very costly process for a litigator to really get to the bottom of all that and a lot of investigation. Tell us about that process. I think the audience would be interested in that. Well, I, I think the recent propane explosion case that I was involved in uh, is a good example. Yeah, it, let's talk about that. The the investigation that is required before a lawyer like myself will even take a case is immense. Uh, just because an explosion occurs doesn't mean that somebody was negligent. And unless you can prove that somebody was careless and at fault, then there's no basis for liability. So in the case of the uh, Norfolk uh, propane gas explosion, uh, workers uh, were working on a townhouse that was nearly completed when the townhouse suddenly exploded, blew the roof off the building, blew parts of the building two, 300 feet away, uh, severely burned uh, my client, who was buried under burning debris for 96 minutes with uh, third-degree burns over 80% of his body, and during which time he was conscious and alert, breathing toxic fumes and uh, having active fires burning around his legs. Uh, the investigation that went into that case before we committed to the case was extensive. Uh, we had both engineers and chemists involved in evaluating why uh, the leak of gas occurred and why the leak of propane was not detected uh, prior to the explosion, because the amount of gas that exploded indicated that gas had been leaking from a loose fitting for at least six hours prior to the explosion. Mm -hmm. So we spent thousands of dollars and hundreds of hours just understanding how the explosion occurred and figuring out why it occurred before we made a commitment to the case. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, Mark, uh, when you're involved in the settlement of many of these cases, and a lot of them involve, as you said, children and, and, and others uh, with sometimes long-term disfiguring injuries, what role do structured settlements play in these cases? What's your feeling about how structures can benefit uh, your clients as you move forward? Well, with children, they're particularly important because oftentimes uh, badly injured children uh, are receiving public benefits that uh, the family would like to have continue so that we work closely with trust and estate lawyers to craft a special needs trust to protect the children to ensure that all of their medical needs are met in the future mm -hmm. and their lives are taken care of into the future. And almost invariably, we turn to the structured settlement uh, uh, 
folks such as yourself to create a financial instrument that will ensure that the money is there for the uh, child's life and well-being. And uh, in almost every case involving uh, children and burnt children uh, or children severely burned, uh, we have uh, turned to structured settlements to protect the children. Uh, and, you know, not only to protect them uh, and their investments, but to protect them from family members or friends who may want to take advantage of uh, of someone in a uh, uh, in a in a state of uh, dependency that may be vulnerable to uh, being taken advantage of. Of course, we we find uh, that we find that true of ad- in adults as well, where uh, a lot of adults who take cash tend to dissipate it more quickly. Uh, uh, you know, p- potentially maybe not so much on foolish things, but just seems to go much more quickly than they ever planned. Uh, I think most adults who have taken structured settlements, Mark, your, your clients may be good indicators of that. I think over time, value the fact you're getting a guaranteed check versus trying to figure out what to do with the, with those funds. Right. And in my experience, uh, I have to say the more sophisticated the the client, the, the less uh, the the need for a structured settlement. I don't mean to say that people who don't have experience investing should turn to structures, but uh, for many people, it's it gives a great peace of mind to know that they are going to get a specific amount of money each month, each six months, each year, each five years, and that it's guaranteed for a, a, a time certain. Mm-hmm. They don't have to worry about the vicissitudes of the stock market or the the uh, the uh, urge to spend. Uh, you know, I had a client that I got a lot of money for, and I knew he had some experience with drugs in his past, mm-hmm. and I begged him to take a structured settlement. And he said, no, I'll make the right choices. And six months later, I read that he was arrested at a Motel 8 with three prostitutes and a large amount of cocaine. He lost everything, went to jail, and I, I wish he had followed my advice. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I Similar to that, a lawyer in New York told me recently that uh, one of his clients had gotten a, a, a check cashed on a Friday because he didn't take a structure, and the money was gone by Tuesday, and uh, it was spent on uh, you know cocaine and horses and, and whatever. So, yeah, I mean, knowing your clients and, and their vicissitudes is important, but, uh, you know, for most people, you know, it, it's, it's a tough decision to make at the time of the settlement, but those that have made the structured decision – typically over time, tend to uh, value the fact that they did that. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Well, Mark, uh, getting back to the burn industry and the burn issue, in recent years, what have you seen as you looked at all these cases, you've looked at the uh, the whole uh, aspect of uh, trying to prevent these burns. What have you, what have you seen out there at, in the area of prevention so that we can all look forward maybe with a little more optimism? Well, clearly... Uh there's much greater safety awareness today than when I started practicing 26 years ago. And labeling is much more prominent. Uh, state and federal regulations to prevent burn injuries are much more prominent. Uh, in the gas, propane gas explosion case, uh, there was a national campaign undertaken to try to bring greater regulation to the propane industry to uh, require uh, that the chemical odorant that is added to propane 
which in our case had faded out of the gas, making the propane which leaked undetectable. Mm. There are now regulations in Massachusetts that require monitoring of the odorant in propane gas. So hopefully as a result of this tragedy in Franklin, uh, Norfolk, Massachusetts, other people will not be exposed to the leak of unodorized gas and the very real severe hazard of a propane gas explosion. So, you know, sadly we see tragedy, but from these tragedies spring uh, reforms and regulations that uh, hopefully will prevent similar occurrences in the future. Well, that's uh, that's a, what we all hopefully hopefully expect out of all of these cases, and uh, hopefully with your help that that'll continue to happen. And Mark, before we go, uh, do you have any case where a client of yours might have been you know injured severely through burns, uh, but went on with their life, some kind of a a tale that would give some hope to some folks out there who are listening right now? Yeah, uh, I've had several clients who have, uh, you know, gotten past the initial trauma of uh, sometimes severe burns, who have uh, required tremendous emotional support to get back into the day-to-day world of the living. Interacting with people with facial scarring is very, very difficult. Uh, and I, I have a, a female client who had burns over 70% of her body and uh, had uh, years of skin grafts, um, you know, was dependent on narcotic medication, got off the, the pain medication and got her back, got back her life with her family, uh, works from home because she's still too self-conscious to go out into public on a daily basis. But she has restored some sense of normalcy in her life, uh, lives with tremendous pain, but uh, I think, you know, really fought mightily to uh, get back to something close to a life that uh, was like the one she had before. So, uh, you know, and and a financial settlement can really make that possible because uh, these folks need uh, support, they need medical treatment, they need accommodations in their home and in their workplaces often. And the financial uh, settlements and structured settlement payments can really help uh, uh, individual, individuals return to normalcy. Well, that's, uh, I couldn't say that any better myself, Mark, and I thank you for that. And, uh, you know, we also have to give a, uh, some credit also to the medical pr- uh, profession out there who I, I know from time to time are coming up with new and innovative ways to treat burn victims. Uh, it's, it's an awful thing to, to think about, but uh, I think uh, you mentioned skin grafts and other kinds of treatments. Every day you read about some advances there that are helping those victims as well. Oh, it, it's amazing. I mean, they're now manufacturing skin mm. in laboratories uh, because in, in, in the past, the only way to uh, graft was to receive a donor graft either from the individual or from a cadaver. And today, uh, medical science has advances that are uh, actually taking small amounts of the patient's tissue and literally growing skin in the laboratory, which they're using, so that the, the victim doesn't have to have a painful donor graft where they take a shaving of skin from a thigh or the yeah. the abdomen to put it over uh, an open wound that needs grafting. 
It's amazing. Well, it is amazing, and uh, you know, it's every day you, you hear about things that are just uh, mind-boggling, and uh, we all are thankful for that. So, Mark, with that, uh, I want to thank you again for joining us today. And uh, if someone wanted to get in touch with you out there, Mark, how would they do that? Well, uh, our website is bwglaw.com. That's boy, white, girl, or breakstone, white, and gluck, uh, law.com. Uh, we have a very informative website with a blog that uh, addresses safety issues on a almost daily basis. And our phone number is 617-723-7676 should anyone have any questions. And thank you so much for having me on the program. Well, that's terrific. And uh, if anyone wants to reach a Ringler Associate, you can do that on ringlerassociates.com. Uh, all the brokers are there. You can reach them uh, all over the country. And to listen to any Ringler radio show, you can go to ringlerassociates.com uh, and download any of the shows. We've done uh, you know hundreds of them and uh, a lot of them on great topics uh, like the one today. So uh, with that, I'll say thanks again to Mark Breakstone and to all of you out there. Thanks for listening. Now go out and have a great day. Bye-bye. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio, celebrating its seventh year on Legal Talk Network with over a million listeners. Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements. Visit ringlerassociates.com today. Today.